0: Welcome to Shear Jeshub. Coming from Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. Today, we will be concluding a sermon in Pastor Greg Scalzo's series on heavenly authority. When we left off, Pastor had read 1 Corinthians 12:25. 25. <music> Do I care for what happens in the life of my brother and sister? If I see them toiling for the Lord, do I care? Or do I sit back and just desire to receive? Now, there is a part that we need to receive. Sometimes we become so prideful we can't receive. You know, we need to be able to receive care and give care. And then the body works together. Every cell needs the other. But when it's always a one-sided street, that's not care. That's focusing on self. We need to be able to receive care. But we, most importantly, when we read this, have to say, how do I provide care? How do I give care? That the body would be whole. That the body would work together. It's composed this way by God. It's designed this way by God. And all the parts, all the members are useful and necessary. No one more important than another, and it all agrees with what we studied, for you are all brethren, Jesus taught. We need from this to see the individuality of our call, that each of us needs to do our duty, our service, know our service, our ministry know the gifts that God has given us, seek the gifts, not quarreling with each other, not envious that we're not in that position or place. There is no one in the body of Christ that shouldn't be useful to his or her fellow members, and we need to know our service, our gifts, and the working that God desires to do through us to care for one another. Paul, the mouth, can't fulfill God's calling without the help of the rest. He needs hands. He needs feet. He needs the rest of God's body. And so the honor of the work does not belong just to Paul, does it? But it belongs to all the body. There are unnamed Christians who helped Paul, fed Paul, helped Paul in some of his worst moments, so that he could go from city to city and preach the gospel. We're not islands. Some people have an island mentality. Well, I'll keep my family a certain way and I'll keep my life a certain way and let the rest of the world go to the devil. It doesn't work that way. We're not an island. What happens outside will affect your family. And if we're not actively desiring to see the gospel of Jesus Christ go forth, it will come and visit us at our very doors. And if There's mouths. There needs to be hands and feet. One person can't do it. Moses needed both his hands held up. If Moses needed both his hands held up, then every minister of God needs help. We have to work together to accomplish what God has called us to do. And so you read here in verse 26, and if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now, verse 27, you are the body of Christ and members individually, part of the whole, not mindless ants with no personality, no differentiation, just the opposite, but you're part of the whole. Now, you are the body of Christ and members individually. We know Peter. We know James. We know John. We know all the individuals in the Scripture. You know the people that are Christians around you. You're individual members, and you're part of the body of Christ. And God has appointed these in the church. And then he goes on to list the different offices. And if we are where we should be, with the Spirit's guidance, if each individual is where he or she should be, then together, corporately, led by the mind Christ Jesus, in the power of the Holy Spirit's gift, you have a tremendously powerful body. And if not, you have an epileptic body, and you can understand why you have all the frustration and failure we have seen in Christian history. And God has appointed these in the church. And what are they? We've read about the gifts. Now we read about some of the offices. And they're listed here. And God has appointed these in the church, and he gives the first three in order of importance. First, apostles. Second, prophets. Third, teachers in the church. Those are three important high offices in the church. Apostles. Prophets, teachers. After that, miracles, workers of miracles. Then gifts of healing. Gifts of healings, again plural. Helps. Encouragement helps. Those are able to give the coal and the logs that are needed to burn to make the engine go forward. Administrations. Varieties of tongues. This is ministry ministry. the church. Now this variety of tongues, I believe, is speaking about an actual office of tongues. Uh, Not just the gift of tongues for personal use, but a gift that is in the service of the church, an office of someone that will speak in tongues. And sometimes some of the difficulty you have in Pentecostal churches is a person being able to distinguish when they are in the Spirit and they feel like speaking in tongues, speaking quietly to themselves, or having the office of speaking out loud and then there'd be an interpretation bringing forth a prophecy. One is a gift to the individual and really accessible to all, um, and one is an office. Verse 29, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? And it's a rhetorical question, and he's saying clearly not. There are different offices. But I don't think, I don't believe this is limiting our personal walk. When I read this, I don't see it as a limitation to our personal walk. It doesn't say that you can't have healings if your office is not healing. You can't speak in tongues if your office is not that of someone to speak in tongues for the church service. Jesus said these signs will follow those who believe. We have access to these gifts, but there are those that are called to a specific office of speaking in tongues, of having the ministry of healing. They have they serve as those who minister forth healing. Yet all can speak in tongues privately, all can expect for God's healings, all should be able to help, all should desire to know God's word, all can receive a leading or a guidance from God through the Spirit. These are specific offices that are given for the edifying of the Church. It does, however, though, make you question the basis for the teaching that you must speak in tongues to show that you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. Certainly, if a person lays on hands, and there's a healing. Certainly, if a person is anointed and feels the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaks like Peter, there are different manifestations of the Spirit, not just speaking in tongues. So, I believe every believer, if they seek for the gift, will receive it. Are all apostles, or all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret. And then he says, But earnestly desire the best gifts. That's the beginning of verse 31. Um, and that word best gifts, best means stronger, better, nobler. We should all earnestly desire the best God has for us. We shouldn't be satisfied. We should desire more. The greatest that God has for us, we should desire. We should be content and not envious of those that have other gifts and at the same time say, Lord, give me the most you have for me. I want the best gifts you have for me. And some things, obviously, the best gifts are critical. It's critical. We all need to know. We all need to have a revelation of the word of God. Some things are just critical. We all need to know God's will. We all need to hear a word from God, have some type of revelation of how this word that we understand through the Spirit applies to our individual life in situations that are particular to us. Those are critical. Though, that doesn't mean, for example, that healing is not important. Because if we're all sick and dying and God has given us great revelation of his gospel, it's not going to do too much for the kingdom if we all die and we can't tell anybody about it. So really, healing is important too, right? There are some better gifts, some best gifts, some important gifts, but really, if you look at that list back up above, you know, it's a pretty good list. They're all pretty good gifts. And you really don't want a church to function missing one of them. We need the gifts of God's Spirit. We have to earnestly desire the best gifts for us. That word earnestly desire, we get the word zealous for it. It means to have a zeal. Zealous comes from that word. To have a zeal for, to be zealous towards. That's the attitude we should have towards the gifts of the Holy Spirit, towards the offices of the Holy Spirit, which is exactly the opposite of saying, well, that all just passed away back in 70 AD, except, of course, for pastors and teachers because we need them now, and everything else is gone. Doesn't agree with the Bible. Earnestly, Paul's saying, he's not saying earnestly desire the better gifts, the best gifts for only 20 years until the temple is destroyed. Doesn't have a qualifier like that. Earnestly desire, be zealous toward, have a zeal toward the best gifts. And that agrees with what we studied in Luke, right? So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone, everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. If you then, verse 13 of Luke 11, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Ask, seek, knock, be zealous, earnestly desire the best gifts. Matthew 7, 11, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? These are the good things of God. These are the gifts of God. Ask, earnestly desire the best gifts. And really, there is an excellent way Paul while he's talking about the very best that God has for you in these gifts and telling you to desire them, he takes the opportunity to say at the end of verse 31, and yet I show you a more excellent way. Now, he's not telling us don't desire the gifts, right? But while he's speaking about the best gifts God has for you, he uses the opportunity to say, and yet I show you a more excellent way. What is the best that God has for you And what is the motive behind the gifts, these supernatural gifts God has given you? And what is the goal of these offices that God is appointing you to? And what is the essence and the purpose behind the gifts? And really that essence and purpose is the greatest gift of all that the Spirit uses to fill the body and make it alive. What does this body need? What spirit should this body have to make it not a dead body, but a living body? And God willing, that's what we'll talk about next time when he shows them the greatest gift of God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And Father, I just give you thanksgiving this morning that your word gives us clear guidance and clear revelation of the people we should be. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Join us at shiarjashub.org to experience our redesigned website features, including special messages from Pastor Greg Scalzo.